I'm Laura Duncan. Welcome to WTTS In Conversation, supported by Technology Recyclers. WTTS In Conversation, a bi-weekly podcast sharing 30 years of in-depth conversations with musicians from all genres and eras, emerging artists and those who have contributed to the soundtrack of our lives. In this episode, Rob Humphrey talks with the legendary Greg Allman just before his passing. You got Greg Allman, you got Johnny Cash and, and uh, Waylon Jennings and a pot of coffee. I don't think you need anything else in life. That sounds pretty fantastic. Greg shares his most personal stories from his youth and work with his brother Dwayne Allman to his addictions and recovery. And now, WTTS In Conversation with Greg Allman. Robert, how you doing? I'm doing well, sir. How are you? I'm all right. Greg Allman, you're a member of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You're coming to Indianapolis Farm Bureau Insurance Lawn, July 20th, along with Peter Frampton. That's right. Have you known uh, Peter for a long time? I have. I have. He's a good old bud. I imagine these dates will be a, be a lot of fun. I've read some things that you're extremely pleased with this band that you've got with you as well. Oh, yeah. It took me seven years to put them together. Is that right? Yeah, I started around about the 40th anniversary of the Brothers. Mm-hmm. And during the five more years that I played with the brothers, I tweaked them all out and got them all ready to go. So I went on tour pretty soon after the brothers broke up. I imagine when you put a band together, one of the steps is obviously you have to find talented people. But then, yeah, trying to get them to come together to actually play as a band has to be a whole other challenge uh, and process that you guys have to go through. It is, you know, but what I did was I got one of the horn players. Mm-hmm. He introduced me to a guitar player, and the three of us found number four, and the four of us found number five. <laughs> right, okay, so you just started adding pieces as you went along. That's <laughs> Well, no, I know what I wanted. I wanted a nine-piece band, you know. Okay. And I wanted just one, one set of drums and a percussionist, and uh, when I finally got Mark Quinones to come with me, he laid a fire in the band. Right. He keeps that edge on it, you know. Yeah. How many uh, How many horns do you have with you? Three. Three? I love the sound of horns. Oh, I do too. Yeah. Baritone, tenor, and a trumpet. Yeah, all that's uh, it's always uh, always fun when you when you get to a show or someplace uh, or even just listening to a record and you hear those horns kick in. It always brings it to another level. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and you... I re- any songs that I wrote while I was in the Almond Brothers that the Almond Brothers played, we played some of them too okay only they're usually rearranged oh that's interesting yeah well we got to put the horns in there right yeah <laughs> yeah i guess you got to find something for those horns to do while they're up there yeah <laughs> right yeah i i like that I, I it's fun to go out and um you know it's nice when you go to a concert and, and and you hear the songs and it sounds like it does on the record but there's also kind of fun when you go out and you hear uh, a few of the songs maybe with a different twist on them or something too i i enjoy that yeah we try to do that every night Oh, cool! Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a cool thing to get into there. Some people, I won't mention any names, but some bands go up and do it just verbatim. Right, I mean, right. Same songs in the same order. Right. Tell the same <laughs> sick ass joke. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I know a few bands like that that I've seen a number of times over the years. I, I don't really want to call anybody out either, but. Uh, you're right. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I can tell you, um, the Allman Brothers never did that, and I imagine you don't either. <laughs> no, sir, no. Uh, you wrote a book about your life, and I'm fascinated by this thing, uh, because I think your life has been, it's an amazing thing. You have reached probably the highest highs that a person can reach 
in their life, <laughs> and also the lowest lows that I think yes, a person sir. can reach. And sometimes they happen at seemingly the same time. <laughs> um, when you were putting that book together, did you find, uh, was was sort of looking back on things, was there more joy in that experience for you, or was it more painful? It was more joy. Oh, good. You know, when I think about the past, well, see, that wasn't supposed to be a book anyway. That was my journal. Oh, really? Yeah, and I had, uh, well, I guess about the time that we started making some success, which was like right after my brother passed away, it just started raining money, you know. Right. I was so, so disillusioned. It was such a sweet, sour thing, man. It was just terrible. Right. Um, And I was, you know, I was angry. I was angry at him for leaving. I was angry at God for taking him. I was angry for because I was angry at God, I was angry at me. <laughs> right, sure. I was just flat angry. Right. That's probably why I went through that long period of drinking. But it's now been 21 years this November. Oh, wow. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Yeah, I... From I mean, my... I smoke a little weed. It's not <laughs> really what I call, uh, you know, losing your sobriety. A lot of people, when they go to AA, they get the robes on. I'm not talking AA down at all. Right. Some people could not exist without it, and God bless them all. Right, sure. Whatever works for people, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was talking once to Waylon Jennings, and uh, he said, said, you know, it's not right. We were talking about it, and I said, man, I just go, I don't go to those meetings. I I can't go. I've, I've, you know, I've got enough skeletons in my closet and I've heard I've, I've got enough bad terrible stories of my own without hearing another drunkalog you know right sure so uh, because booze was I guess that was my drug of choice Waylon said man all you need is he says me and Johnny Cash get together with a pot of coffee, you got an AA meeting. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, that's a table that I bet would have been really interesting to sit around. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you got Greg Allman, you got Johnny Cash, and, and uh, Waylon Jennings and a pot of coffee. I don't think you need anything else in life. That sounds pretty fantastic. Um, <laughs> now, you, you mentioned uh, your sobriety. Is it true that uh, you, you decided you had to stop drinking after watching your Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction speech? This is true, back in 95, yeah. Okay, that's... Uh, I that's... saw a film of it the next day. Mm-hmm. I was so disgusted with myself, I went, you know, man, this is not part of the play. Just like I did when the, when I got drafted, you know? Right. I said, wait a minute, this ain't... <laughs> I ain't going over there across the water to kill a bunch of folks I don't even know. Right. <laughs> yeah. Now, you got out of that by shooting yourself in the foot, didn't you? I did. Yeah. Now, did you actually uh, pull the trigger, or did somebody else have to do it for you? Oh. I did it oh, oh, boy, that's tough. <laughs> I hit the bullseye, too. I oh, yeah? Did, did center. <laughs> and it was with a Saturday night special, so, I mean, oh. the damn gun felt like it was going to fall apart. You could just rattle it and all yeah. the pieces. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you're you're a much tougher fellow than I. That's for certain. Well, it, it only hurt for, like, as quick as a thought. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, and then it numbed all the way up to my waist. And we just kind of chuckled on the way down to the hospital. As soon as I got there, they hit me in the arm with some morphine. And, uh, oh, God, we've been drinking all day and took some speed. 
die by the time, and we left the hospital and went to the induction center in Jacksonville because that's, you know, it's about, about 100 miles from Daytona Beach. Right. Maybe not that, really. And uh, I got up there and he said, boy, what happened to you? Because, I mean, we got to the, to the doctor and he says, he didn't say anything about the target on my shoe. I tried to get my brother to take his shoe off. I said, man, somebody's going to think something's up here. <laughs> so he couldn't get it off, right? It hurt too bad. And uh, so he says, don't worry, leave it to me. So he, he leaves and he comes back and he has one red and one black. See, back then we didn't have Sharpie pencils. Right. Uh, he went and got two flares, right? Uh-huh. And he drew one on the other foot. Right. <laughs> <laughs> said, oh, that's that's just beautiful. That's just, that's, <laughs> that's a great story. Well, that's, we were so blitzed, man. I yeah, mean, <laughs> that's fantastic. WTTS in conversation with support from Technology Recyclers. What happens to your obsolete electronics? It's estimated that only 18% of all electronic waste is properly recycled globally. This harms the environment wastes natural resources, and pollutes our landfills. You should be recycling your computers and electronics. Technology Recyclers has the solution. With their R2 certification, they guarantee 100% data destruction. Their state-of-the-art shredding and separation system ensures nothing ends up in landfills. They are Hoosier veteran-owned and always free to you and your company. Visit Technology Recyclers on the web. We now return to WTTS in conversation with Greg Allman. You were the first. Were you were the first one of the Allman brothers to uh, sort of branch out and do your own solo album, right? I was. Yeah. Was that? Did that cause a lot of problems within the band or the other guys? Like, hey, what are you doing? No. No. Everything was okay with that. That's cool. Uh, well, if they did. They kept it to themselves. Okay. You know. <laughs> That's uh, a good thing. I can't say as I've ever heard any of them except for JMO say uh, anything about any song on mm-hmm. my first record which is still my my little baby is my first yeah it did which, by the way i've got one in the can that we just cut at muscle shoals oh yes yeah Alabama, that comes out in january no, it's got that it's, I, it's got that great old muscle shoals sound to it i hope oh you better know it don't yeah you? We, we did it all analog oh good good yeah, there's something about that analog sound, right? Uh, I, do you, you know, I, I take it you don't seem like the kind of guy who likes to put it into the computer and cut it all up and yeah, overdub and all it's, that? It's great if you can find some tape. We had six rolls to do a whole record with. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess that would be a problem these days, Usually wouldn't it? you get like one one take on per roll. Yeah. Uh, but we'd have to bounce it and bounce it back over to digital digital after we, you know, after we captured the ambience of the room. That's cool. What uh, does the record have a name yet? Southern Blood. Southern Blood. All right. Well, we'll be looking for. You said it'll be out in January. Mm-hmm. All right. Are they uh, are they all original songs, or are there some covers thrown in there? Uh there's some originals mm-hmm. and uh, some covers too. Oh, cool. All right. Yeah, you guys, uh, the Almond Brothers, always did a lot of great cover songs. You take old blues songs and and really put your own spin on them, um, so they would sound like you know they they still had that traditional blues sound, but they also sounded very much like the Almond Brothers. <laughs> And um, I was kind of looking around, and I noticed there have been, you know, quite a few covers of Allman Brothers Band songs, too. Do you have uh, any of those that maybe are your favorites? Uh, I'll tell you that, uh, what's your name, Sharon Jones? Right, yeah, Sharon Jones. Did that uh, uh, Lincoln commercial. Mm-hmm. 
Man, she's incredible. Yeah, yeah, she's the real deal, isn't she? She really is. She's a modern day Aretha. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a, a excellent comparison. Actually, I hadn't thought of her in those terms, but yeah, I think Another you're right. Coco Taylor or something. Oh yeah, Coco Taylor. Oh. She was good. I yeah, she was. Really girl. She yeah. Was. I had to, I was lucky enough to see her perform just a couple of times, but yeah. wow, she brought it both she nights. Got down, didn't she? Yeah, she did. <laughs> she really she knew what it was about. Is there anybody out there that you haven't played with yet that you'd really like to? Yes, yeah, a couple of them I, I've never met. Oh wow, I would have thought you'd have met everybody by now. <laughs> uh, Bob Seger's one. Are there any new uh, sort of younger artists that you're listening to at all? Oh yeah. Yeah. Who who yeah. are you digging right now? Well, uh, Sam Smith. Oh, yeah. I really dig him. Yeah, yeah. He's got a great voice, doesn't he? And uh, Tedeschi Trucks Band is killer. Man. Right, yeah. Yeah, they've got a lot of really good stuff as well. They do. Yeah. Um, yeah, he went the same, same route I did, you know, except he's got singers. Right. He's got a little more overhead than I do. <laughs> 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 uh, you took a you took like a, a, a an orchestra out with you on your uh, first tour in support of Laid Back, didn't you? Is yeah, twenty eight pieces I had. Yeah, that had, the cost on that had to be ridiculous. How'd you make any money on that tour? Well, we made a record with it, you know. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> and we, we cut it at Carnegie Hall. Yeah. And but what we did was we told them they told them I was a flamenco guitarist. Oh, was that right? <laughs> yeah, and they didn't find out different until like two days before the show, and so they couldn't couldn't cancel on us. Right, yeah, too late now. <laughs> and, but I mean, listen, this place was built for the spoken word that Carnegie Hall is. You put a Fender amp in there, brother, you got problems. <laughs> it took us two days to get a sound check, man. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I guess that would be a problem, all those acoustics and everything, uh... I mean, yeah. the biggest amp we used was probably uh, as as big as the one you that runs your TV. <laughs> you <know? laughs> I uh, and and while we're while we're touching on laid back, real quick, just a side note. I love that painting that's the album cover. Uh, by the way, I, I don't know uh, where you got that or if you have the original still or not, but it's a fantastic, uh, fantastic picture of your painting. That's Abdul Mahdi Mati Clairwine. He's an Israeli. He uh, he did Bitches Brew and Abraxas. Uh huh. And uh, he did a couple of them for Miles Davis. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's a it's a really cool painting. That's that's pretty cool. Uh, so uh, as you're uh, moving forward, is there uh, any talk of maybe getting uh, the Allman Brothers back together at any point, or is or was the fortieth and then the final show? That's it. That's the final one. Forty fifth. Forty fifth. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, if it comes about, you'll hear about it. Right, okay. All right. Um, Won't happen this year, though. No, not this year. <laughs> no, you got your own stuff going on. That's pretty cool. You've also got these laid-back festivals that you're doing around. These sound like a, a, a good time. Yeah, uh, this year I have five. Next year there'll be seven. Oh, wow, you're going to do seven of them, huh, next yeah. year? Yeah, we got New York, Nashville, Chicago, Atlanta, Red Box, Colorado. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's five there, right? All right? Yeah, I think so. And uh, next year, I think we'll have Tampa and Miami, oh. and um, also Portland. Yeah, there seems to be a uh, a real big fo- focus not only on the uh, on the music there, but also the food. Are you a big food guy? Uh, well, that was uh, I just said looking look guys, we got to do something different, right? You know, to pull these people. I mean, to to, to make you know 
my festival's, you know, a little bit different than all everybody else's. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, sure. Because um, you've got, I mean, like, there are festivals popping up all over the place. you got to have a, a different angle on it, I guess, these days, don't you? Well, you got to uh, you got to have plenty of vendors. you got to have a lot of other stuff to do to keep people sitting in 111-degree sun, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, no, that's kind of an exaggeration, but, uh, you know, uh, not that they were going to be bored by the music or anything like that, but you have to have plenty of refreshments. Right, sure. you got to have some shade if they want to go in the shade, you know, different, different, all array of things to eat, man. And if you buy the VIP tickets, you can taste anything you want. Oh, yeah, that's cool. And, uh, uh, like, we do one in New York at, uh, well, it used to be Jones Beach is what they called it, and uh, it's where all the New York people go to the beach. Right. And it's in, it's on Long Island. It's in Wontaw, New York, actually. And it's now called the Nikon Beach Theater, but it's... Uh, it's really neat, man. It's just right. right. Waves are breaking behind you. And, you know. Yeah, that sounds that sounds nice. You got a, a pretty public breakup with Dickie Betts. Has there been any reconciliation there at all? Have you guys spoken? Uh, a little bit. You yeah. Know. He, uh, neither one of us are one to just sit around and chat, you know. Right, sure. But uh, no, there's no hard feelings. Okay, well that that's good to know. I mean, you know, I don't, uh, I, I didn't expect you to say you guys were going to be performing tomorrow night someplace together. But uh, it is nice to hear that after all you guys have been through for all the time, that you were able yeah. to finally maybe put some of that aside uh, and at least not uh, not have hard feelings towards one another after it was all said and done. No, there's no future in that. You know, life's too short to bear. Right, exactly, exactly. Uh, you dabbled just a little bit in acting. Do you mind if I touch on that just a little bit? Oh, sure. I stumbled across something that I found um, extraordinarily fascinating the other night. I'm a big fan of William Friedkin and all his movies. Right. And you were in an episode of Tales from the Crypt that he oh, directed. Yeah. How did that come about? The one about the tattoo eating the Yeah, guy. yes, exactly, yeah, right. with the band. Yeah, you were like the, the club owner or whatever you played in that thing. <laughs> Did, uh, well, you see, when you die, you either go to heaven or hell, or, worse of all, you come back as a club owner. <laughs> That's terrible. That's just a joke, man, amongst musicians. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure you've had some interesting run-ins with those guys in the past as well. But Well, especially in the beginning when we were, you know, playing the Chitlin circuit. Right, sure, yeah. Um, so, uh, anyway, I just, I, I thought that was uh, that was interesting. I was like, I just came across that, and I was like, this has got Greg Allman in it. And it's directed by William Friedkin, and it's this weird episode of Tales from the Crypt. Right. <laughs> uh, but I would imagine you're probably most noted for your acting in Rush. Was that something that you just, uh, acting as a whole, is that something you just wanted to try? or it's something I just wanted to try. And, uh, you know, with, with music, you have, like, different road signs, if you will, or landmarks to tell you where you are lyric-wise. Mm-hmm. But I mean, just reading the page and then walking three steps over to the camera and repeating what you just read, man, that's, believe it or not, not the easiest thing in the world to do. Right, right, yeah. Of course, I'm sure, you know, people that who do it and do it and do it and do it, they read the script all the way through four or five times. Right. And some people just wing it. 
<laughs> sure, yeah. Real good ones do that. They just they know what the story's about, and they basically know what they're supposed to say, and they just they say it. I mean, all of a sudden, they become that person. Yeah. And I'm not so sure I did that, <laughs> but I did play play a bad boy. WTTS In Conversation, with support from Technology Recyclers. Subscribe to this podcast and find more information at WTTSFM.com. I'm Laura Duncan. Thanks for listening.